Welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now from the Cloudcast Studios, here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely. Hello and welcome to Cloudcast Basics, Season 1, Show 9. This is your co-host, Aaron Delp, and with me as always is Brian Gracely. Hey everybody. And today we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and machine learning, often shortened to AI and ML, as well as analytics and big data. Um, so that's a lot of buzzwords all at once right up front. So Brian, why don't you get us started with AI, ML, and big data, and what does it mean in the yeah. cloud? So you know, this is a this is a hot topic. This is a buzzword topic. This is something that everybody is is interested in, whether or not they uh, are going to use it or not. So, you know, let, let me sort of break this down into two really important pieces. Right, the first one is, you know, the stuff about analytics, AI, and ML, big data. You know, at the end of the day, this is basically saying, can I take all of the data or a portion of the data related to my business? Um, whether you've generated the data, your users have generated the data, you've gotten it from you know, industry sources, can you use that in sophisticated ways? Can you apply models and uh, intelligent sort of learning against those models to figure out things that aren't obvious? Can you look and find new patterns? Can you find needles in a haystack? Can you use that data to help you make the next good decision and then you know put that back into a model relearn based on new data and then continue to make good decisions and so we see this being applied into all sorts of things you know predictions for markets we see it recommendation engines we see it uh, in helping to do autonomous driving we see it in um, you know just like um, speech you know, suggestions. So you're typing something in Gmail. We see these systems being used in all sorts of ways. And we, we see them being used by business analysts, financial analysts, uh, product teams, and so on and so forth. So it's a huge area that, um, you know, the our ability now to consume lots of data, to process lots of data, um, you know, is, is helping us hopefully make better decisions, deliver better results for, for customers, for applications. Now, the reason this is such a big deal in the public cloud is that you know in order to do this in the past before you had on demand computing before you had you know access to thousands and thousands of computers before you had access to you know massive amounts of scalable storage this was really hard this was really expensive it was complex to set up you needed really expensive data scientists you needed really expensive software you needed really expensive operations teams and now the cloud is simplifying a lot of those operations. They're they're simplifying a lot of the ways to consume software. So this is an area that have people really excited because they don't think of it as tech so much. They think of it as things helping their business. And the cloud is sort of perfectly suited to be able to deal with the scalability, on-demand nature of, of what's going on. So Aaron, you know, how are how are these things, you know, whether it's called AI, ML, big data, how are they allocated? in the cloud? Like how, how would I go get some of this stuff? Yeah. So, so of all the ones we talked about, this is very similar to the show on software as a service SaaS. Um, the reason why is because, because of the nature of needing access to a massive amounts of data, it really is purpose-built for public cloud. And there's two main ways, by the way, to really approach this. Uh, the, the first way is to train the model. And that means basically you give um, a model 
access to a lot of data and it goes through a whole bunch of permutations and hundreds to thousands of different permutations of these models and you come back with different results and then you take the ones you like and you retrain it and it's basically it's basically learning from the data and then the other way is more like a recommendation engine where it is learning based off of human responses it is watching you and seeing what you like and what you don't like and it is learning from human interaction so the way in which they're trained also affects the uh consumption and the services that are offered um and each one of these services is going to have some level of say nerd knobs, right? Some level of options that how you can train it, how you're going to take it and run with it. Um, and this could be, uh, you know, maybe how much data it needs to ingest or how quickly it could be. How clean is that data, right? If you take a model and give it a bunch of bad data, you're going to get a bunch of bad results. It's garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. How is it going to store the results of those? How is it going to refine those algorithms? And, and you know, are those models, do those models iterate or, or are they chosen, right? So there is lots of customization behind the scenes. And this fast iterization and this concept of failing fast, again, purpose-built for something like the cloud. Right. Um, so Brian, um, how were things for AI, ML, big data, how was it allocated before cloud? Yeah, and I, you know, I talked a little bit about it in the opening. Um, you know, let, let's, let's put this in perspective. You know, and, and again, your mileage may vary a little bit, but let's suppose you, wanna, you wanted to build a uh, you know, big data environment, right? Like that might be 500 servers because you have literally petabytes of data that you're trying to to analyze. You want to be able to parallelize the number of you know tasks that you're doing. You want to build these models. Maybe it took you 100 servers. Maybe it took you 500 servers. Well, you know, that was a lot of equipment to buy, a lot of networking to deal with, a lot of store, software to install. You had to figure out how to make it all work together. And let's suppose you started running those models that you had. You talked about, you know, these models. Let's suppose you started running these models. And after a few months, maybe six months, nine months, you just weren't getting the results you wanted. You realize, like, I either don't know how to make this work or I'm not getting the results that I wanted. You know, at that point, you know, you might give up on the project, right? You might decide, eh, it's just not worth it. Or, or you know, our hypothesis just isn't bearing out. The data is just not bearing out that we can, you know, find some new way of solving this problem. And at that point, what do you do? Do you throw it all away? I mean, you've, you've made a huge capital outlay. You've invested in people. You know, you throw all that away. The ROI of your project goes, you know, goes away. You know, in the cloud, you could have spun up those 500 nodes. Um, you could have used some of the built-in AI and ML services that were there to help you accelerate that. You don't have to necessarily hire all these smart people. And you may have figured out that, you know, your project, your hypothesis wasn't right in two months, in a month, in three months. And, and so just purely the economics and the amount of work that was needed to get these things working is, you know, day and night. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. The second biggest thing was when you did this stuff in your own data center, you had to figure out all this software. So you had to figure out that obscure open source project that came out of Google or came out of Twitter or came out of Berkeley Labs or wherever it was. You had to figure out what that software was, how to run it. You had to hire some people. 
in the public cloud, those are often, you know, as you mentioned, Aaron, those are just managed services, whether it's a SaaS service or a, you know, a database service, whatever. And it just kind of works. Somebody else is running it for you. So, you know, the amount of cost up front, the amount of effort on an ongoing basis um, is just so radically different between doing it on-prem and doing it in the public cloud. Now, it doesn't say that people haven't figured this out over time, and some people have requirements to keep things on-prem, and they can only run them on-prem. But you know, if we if we compare things to a few years back to today, it's just so starkly day and night that uh, you know, it's, it's almost like you can't make comparisons because they're so different. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about sometimes there's some offerings the cloud providers have. You know, give us a sense like what does that sort of look like if I if I go to a cloud provider and I'm like, hey, I want an AI system built or an ML system, like what are they doing? Like what do I expect them to do for me? Yeah, so think of it as um, kind of calling back to some of our previous episodes here. Think of it as a combination of our SaaS uh, show as well as our databases show. And what I mean by that is, is cloud providers typically run the underlying services and just present you with um, AI, uh, excuse me, API calls. And so there is a certain amount of variability on what the user can control and, and what they need to do and, and, and maybe setting up access to the data for the models. But this is kind of like our, our databases uh, show earlier in that there is a lot of different models and approaches, and there's a lot of different services to address all of those as well. Um, how are we going to build them? How are we going to test them? Where does the data get stored? Is it real time? Is it historical? So there is lots of options here as well. And again, remember one of the key things with public cloud and, and what we're talking about here is access to large amounts of data quickly. Um, and, and so that more than anything is going to be the key contributor for the cloud providers and what they need to do. Now, Brian, does it matter where the data is located? Yeah, this is one of those ones that more than anything, because we're dealing with, you know, quote unquote, big data, um, you know, this this matters probably as much as, as anything, right? The, the data needs to be as local as possible. In fact, uh, you know, we'll throw out a couple terms just so you hear some of these things. Aaron's mentioned this in a previous uh, session, you know, the idea of data gravity, right? Data in and of itself, uh, when there's lots of it, is, is quote unquote heavy, right? So you don't want to be moving it around so much. And the other one is sometimes you'll hear a term, we want to bring the compute to the data, right? And the idea of that is, you know, you want to take the processing power and move it as close to the data as you possibly can because oftentimes you, uh, ingest a lot of data, do a bunch of processing on it, uh, come up with some results, and then you want to put that back into the data pool so that you know you can then run more models and stuff. So yeah, data locality is probably one of the most important pieces of of you know big data. Like I, I want to be able to keep things close to what I have. The other reason this is so important is because if if you have to move that data for whatever reason, um, and again you probably don't want to move all of the data, you want to just move chunks of it. You know, it goes back to that thing we talked about in networking, I think on episode two or three, which is you need to understand the costs of moving data. If you're moving it within an availability zone or, you know, across availability zones within a region, 
you probably don't have costs uh, involved with that. But if you're moving it outside of the region or across, you know, an AZ to another AZ in another region, you really need to understand what are the costs that go on in terms of moving data. And even if you're moving smaller chunks of data, you really need to understand that because your costs can can go through the roof if you don't understand your traffic flows, how your application works, and what the costs are both inbound and outbound or cross uh, traffic flows and, and cost trust cross traffic costs um, across that. So yeah, that those are those are really, really important things. And, um, you know, sort of think through those ahead of time, because you don't want to get uh, surprised by a really big bill. Aaron, last question about this, because again, you know, this is a topic that is huge, and we will go into it in more detail. And in fact, we cover it oftentimes in lots of depth over on the Cloudcast. Um, you know, how much does AI and ML services cost? Like, how much should I pay for this? Or how do I even begin to think about what it would cost? Well, the, the cost is going to vary based off of the offerings and the architectures. As we mentioned earlier, there's many different approaches to this. Um, and also something to think about. We just mentioned about about big data and access to your data for the models. But there is also um, increasingly the big public clouds are offering public data sets that you can call as well. And so that way they're offering the data and you don't necessarily have to bring your data. And so that is, in that instance, it's a public data set, um, but it is something that might help minimize some of the costs and may help you get up and running that much faster as well. Now, if you aren't utilizing one of those, something to really consider is even though everything we just said is on demand, if you're bringing your own data, that data could be expensive to get in. And so this is probably something that is more of a longer term commitment, mainly because of the data ingest and, and the data storage. And so you need to make sure you understand that and, and manage those costs and, and, and cost models extremely well over time. And uh, it, even something like a small proof of concept, depending on the amount of data and the amount of models being run, could be decently expensive if you're not utilizing a, a public library uh, right. for the data. Right, right. Or you're using, you know, expensive GPU uh, compute instances that are more expensive than CPU. So, you know, kind of go in with eyes wide open, uh, work with some of the experts that sort of know this stuff. And, um, you know, and again, the nice thing about this is it should be able to experiment, small chunks, experiment, um, figure things out, and then begin to expand out uh, expand out the projects and so forth. Aaron, I'm going to kind of wrap up the, the AI, ML, big data analytics one. We have one last show, which everybody seems to like on these different seasons. We're going to do five questions uh, that, you know, common questions. We're going to focus a little bit on kind of five questions around technology, things like certifications, you know, are, is every cloud exactly the same on the very next show. Thank you for listening to Cloudcast Basics. You can find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player.